Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Hey, Secrets of Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Because the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe a a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Merit Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You want to be a speaker, trainer, or coach? I've got you. 
Antonio T. Smith Jr. is my name. You've probably heard of me. That's probably why you're here. I've been featured on Forbes, awarded Top 101 Global Developmental and Training Minds on Goldcast. It's just a wonderful ride for me, but I got here by speaking. Now, at this point in my legacy, I'm not interested in how much money I make. More about how I make my money. Therefore, I am taking select people people with stories, people with intensity, people who want to value personal development over money. This sounds like you. If your blood is boiling right now, then I may be speaking to you. If you have that story that you know would change the world, if you change somebody and now you're addicted to it and you want to do it more, if you want to speak in front of 10,000 people, or maybe you just want to be famous, get your name out there and change the world. However it may be, however it happens, Bureau of Dominant Speakers is for you. It's intense. I won't lie to you. I'm a very intense person. It's very affordable. Look in the show show notes. You'll see Bureau of Dominant Speakers. Click that link. And hey, let's dominate. Because you can do it. And this is your moment. And we are back again, and I'm just having so much fun. I have a superstar on the phone. Now, I, I, I tend to call a lot of people superstars, but I mean it whenever I say it. And I was giving him a little rundown before we start recording, and, and his energy was like, yo, put me in a game, coach. Put me in a game. So here we are. We're putting my man, Dwayne Clark, into the game. Why don't you introduce yourself, my man? Good morning, Antonio. It's Dwayne Clark. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Man, I'm bringing it this morning. I want to I wanna scream out there to your listeners and give them some energy and some success. All right, man. I love that. Well, i tell you what. Without artless transition, just randomly, what success tip would you have right now for them? Oh, man. You know, I, I, I was listening. You know, every morning I spend about an hour listening to other motivators. And I was listening to this one uh, person talk, and they said, live your life as though your prayers have already been answered. And that really resonated with me. You know, uh, I, I think sometimes people always are thinking down the road, and, and believe me, I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of, of goal setting and manifesting. But at some point, you've got to be in gratitude about where you are. And I think, I think too often uh, – People uh, try to live life like it's a ladder, and too often they want to they want to look at the top rung of the ladder and say, "Man, I'm going to go there tomorrow." When in reality, what we have to do is feel safe on the rung that we're on, and carefully and strategically plan how to go to the next rung, because that's how you get to the top. And I think you know we're living in this day and age where people want immediate gratification; they want to be famous tomorrow. They don't want to do the hard work. It doesn't work that way. That's that's not how it how it manifests. And you know, I can I can tell you that as a guy that's been in management for thirty some years, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So that's how I'd start. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say that was a fantastic start. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, Dwayne. You know what? I'm not satisfied. I'm not. You you just told me that I need to be satisfied on the rung that I am. I'm not satisfied with that. What 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 would you tell me? Because right now I hear you, and it sounds like motivational, you know, malarkey. I don't want to be satisfied. They did this to me. What would you tell someone like me? 
Well, I'm not. I'm not saying not to give up on or to give up on your goals. I'm saying wake up in the morning and build on the foundation you have. So be in gratitude about okay, what have I accomplished so far? What have I done so far in my life? What are my strengths? What am I lucky for? And maybe the fact that you have good health today. And maybe the fact that, man, you got people that love you. You have great parents. You have great friendships. You have great a great network. So you have to start with what you have. Too often, people start with what they don't have. So there's nothing to build up, right? So, you know, this is this is your brick-by-brick brick mentality. You know, what do you have? What's the foundation of your life? Because that's, that's the rung you're on. Whether you like it or not, it, it's the reality of life. So build on yeah. the things that you have, the strengths of your life, and then that will enable you and propel you to go to the next rung. Wow. Okay. Well, I can't be devil's advocate about that, but that was just too much universal truth right there. <laughs> that, was just, that was just way too good. All right, man, let's, let, let's skip a little bit. Let's, let's skip. What is it that you do? My, my listeners are falling in love with you already, but they don't know exactly what you do for a living. Won't you tell us that? Well, I'm, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. Um, my, for over 30 years, I've taken care of seniors, and I own a senior housing company, a company called wow. Aegis Living. Um, we have about $3 billion in real estate. I was the founder, started it from the ground up. Um, we have about 2,500 employees. We'll hire another 1,000 employees here in the next 24 to 36 months. Um, we've been voted best company to work for 15 times. Last year, we were the Glassdoor uh, top 50 company out of 700,000 plus companies voted for. Um, we, we're the best and best of senior housing, assisted living, memory care. And so that's that's my day job. And what I've done, I founded the company almost 22 years ago. So that's what I do for a, for a day job. But, you know, as I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I own a chain of coffee shops called the Queen Bee, where we give 100% of the profit away to charity every quarter. Um, it's, so that was kind of dedicated to my mom, who was an inspiration in my life. You know, I've, I've written a play. I have uh, my sixth book coming out. Um, I've developed all kinds of businesses and mentored people. I have three foundations where I mentor everyone from pro athletes to the top high school athletes in the nation. So um, I try to stay busy. So you're basically a genie and you get all your wishes. That's basically it, right? <laughs> I, okay, I don't want to get bored in life, Antonio. I don't want to get bored. And, you know, what, what, one of the big things that I try to tell people is what are, what are the artifacts that you're going to leave in this world after you leave it? You know, what are the living artifacts that are going to have a life expectancy long after you? And that's, that's a real mission of mine to help and inspire people to create these living artifacts that, Hey, we only get so many years on this planet and it's really not up to us. And when we leave, what's, what's that legacy? What are those living artifacts that you've left to make this world a better place? So I'm constantly in search of, you know, what's, what's my next artifact going to be? And it may be a building, it may be a book, it may be a play. I have a movie company, you know, we've done half a dozen, you know, social worthy documentaries. So, Always trying to think, what's that next artifact going to be? It's amazing. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Let's see if I can. Get I'm ready, man. Give them to me. <laughs> That'll work. Two thousand employees. 
and you're looking to hire another couple of thousand in the next two years or so, what drives a person like you to create dreams for so many different people? Well, you know, I, I was reading your bio and, you know, the life that you have. And, uh, you know, although I, I did – I didn't come out of a dumpster asleep at a dumpster. I wasn't raised by child services. <laughs> um, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a impoverished life. I grew up, had an abusive dad who, who, who beat my sisters and brothers, merciless and my mother, and then just vacated our house and left when he was six. And then all my siblings were much older than me. My closest siblings, almost eight years older than me. And so when that last sibling left, it was just my mom and I, and uh, I was I was kind of a rowdy kid. Um, I would go so far as to say I was a juvenile delinquent. I had I had two priorities in my life uh, when I was about 15 years old. One was girls, and two were cars. And and the priority right. was switched back and forth, you know, uh, <laughs> on a daily basis. So you know, so my sophomore year, I decided in high school I didn't need. Uh, I didn't. I didn't need to go to school. That I could earn money racing cars and having girlfriends. That was my. That was my life to be, and and so, you know, I dropped out of school. My mom found out. Boy, that was the end of that. She put me in a, in a private Catholic school about a hundred miles away, and I I lived with a family and turned my life around. Absolutely turned my life around, and uh, you know I've. I went. My grade point was a point seven, not not a one. Wow. Was a was a point seven, and then <laughs> and then when I went went to the school, which is a private school, I had to take my sophomore year over again. I, I ended up with a three point eight eight. So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't stupid. I just wasn't applying myself. I didn't I didn't really well, I wasn't using the gifts that that I was that I was given. And I needed to be motivated by people, and that that changed my life. You know, I spent three years at that school, changed my life, got a scholarship to go to college, and so on. So I think, you know, I think I I, I use that background just as you do. You know, you use that background. You have two choices when you have a tough, you know, kind of background childhood. One, you can say, "Woe is me, God! My parents didn't do this. My childhood was horrible. I was abused. My, you know, whatever." And you can wallow in that self-pity for the rest of your life until the day you die. Or I think like you or like me, I looked at it and said, man, I don't want to ever create that life again. So this is going to be rocket fuel for me, man. This is going to be rocket fuel to get as far and as fast away from that kind of life as possible. You know, one of, one of my mentors was a guy named Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. And and he was he was a fabulous guy. And I would talk to him about uh, my father and how my father was a jerk and how he, you know, was abusive. And he would look at me and he'd say, "Man, you had a wonderful dad." And I'd say, "Wayne, well, no, no, you, you, you know, you're not hearing me, man. This guy, he would physically beat us, man, and he would drink, and he would, and he go, oh, he was, he was phenomenal, man. What great lessons he taught you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Am I not getting through to you, you know?" And he goes, "Dwayne, what kind of parent are you?" And I stopped. And mm. I'm like, well, I'm, a, I'm a phenomenal parent. He goes. Are you a better parent than your dad? I said, man, there's no comparison. I'm I'm so much better. And he's like, 
what did your dad teach you? And stop. Hmm, what did he teach me? He said, by his behavior, but why, by, by what he did to you, he made you parent reverse. Wow. And yeah, that, that's probably one of the most profound things anyone's ever said to me. I go, you're absolutely right. Because of the influence my father had on me, I wanted to make sure I was a phenomenal dad, you know, great parent. I really, really put a lot of energy into that. And so he, he flipped that situation totally around on me. And he was raised by an alcoholic father who left him in an orphanage, by the way. So, you know, we, we, we see these things and we have choices about how to perceive them and how to let them affect our lives. And, you know, when he told me that story, I was like, man, there's so many other things that happened to me because of that, you know, my work ethic, my, my goals to get out of poverty, my parenting, so many other things. I, I really was parented in reverse. That's incredible. <laughs> you definitely were parent today reverse. And come on. Wayne Dyer is your mentor. Man, that is you you have to be one of the greatest people, luckiest people on earth to even be able to just tout that out your mouth. And it gives me a question. How did me and you get here? We have these terrible childhoods. You mentioned, man, I don't ever want to create that life again. What do you think is the common thread? between me and you and people like me and you, and how can you relate that to our audience? Well, I think at some point uh, a light bulb has to go on in your life, whether that's a teacher, a coach, um, a, you know, an uncle, a grandparent, uh, you know, it's somebody that's it's got to show you you have value. Um, and when you get, when you know, all of us as human beings want to be valued. We want to be validated. And so, when you when you get that validation, I you know, I, I I'll just personalize it for a second. I have a yeah, I have sure. a foundation. I have a foundation called D One Foundation, and it's I, I mentor. Uh, right now, I have the number one football player for the class of 2019, the, the number one football player for the class of 20, and the number one football player for the class of 2021 in the nation. Wow. And, you know, you see these kids, and they just want to be validated. They want to they, they be uh, – they, they want some love upon them. And it's, it's fascinating when you find that spark in someone, tell them, hey, you can do this. You know, you can be a good athlete. You can be a good business person. You can be a good man. You can be a good woman. When you ignite that spark, I mean, it's it's just contagious. And so, you know, I I, I look to ignite sparks in people, and I, I know you do this too. But I think probably the common denominator for us is someone someone saw that spark in us and they ignited it. And and then wow. it builds on itself, right? I mean, that's that. It's like the match that created the forest fire. You just like, hey, there's no stopping this now. Wow. Okay. So let's. All right. So let's do this thing because you, you you just you got me so excited over here. I want to shift. Yeah. <laughs> I want to shift the 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 atmosphere. I want to put you in the maestro mode. I want to put you in rabbi mode. And uh -oh. put me in student mode. Yeah. And I want the listeners to check this out because here I am. I'm 37. I haven't had a job since I was 29. 
I'm 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 worth ten figures. <clears throat> I've worked really hard to get here, and now working hard doesn't really get me further. Giving back more gets me further. What advice would you give a young man like me? Because you, you you've got it. I should be learning something from you, and this is evident. What would well, you tell I, I, someone like me? Yeah, I think the first thing you said is uh, is very evident. I, I think the more you give, the more you get. I didn't believe that in my 20s and 30s. I thought, oh, man, this is all about me. This is all about me getting my stuff. Uh, you know, this is all about uh, me acquiring wealth and improving my balance sheet, my net worth, and so on. That flipped for me, I think, in my 40s and 50s. I, I just turned 60. And, you know, I, I I look at that and I go, God, the more I give, I, I have these I have these vast returns. I, I, I'll tell you a story that specifically. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about uh, it. And I, and I didn't plan on telling the story, but I, I, I meditate every morning. And yes. uh, so, I, I you know, before Christmas, I was meditating. It was about a week before Christmas, and I just went into this meditation. I said, you know, I, I need to meditate about what what in, in my life I should be grateful for. So I did this 20-minute meditation. I always sit with a pad beside me when I'm meditation because some things come to me that are very valuable. Come out of this meditation, and I'm like, man, that was weird. And I immediately write down seven people's names, okay? And... And these were seven people I need to be grateful for. Wow. Now, some of the people were really obvious. You know, some of the people were obvious, like uh, a coach, one of my coaches, um, a, a religious brother that taught me in Catholic school, a priest that counseled mm. me, um, a, uh, <clears throat> a friend that was there for me when I needed them. So some of them were really obvious, right? Right. Two people on the uh, on the list. I'm like, why in God's name are these people on the list? I don't get it. I don't understand it. What what? How did my brain come up with putting these two people on the list? One one person was my ex-wife. Okay, and the second person was a kid who beat me up when I was 11 years old. Wow. Now, I sat there. And I'm like, huh. Now, why why should I be in gratitude to these two people? Well, the first one, my ex-wife, was, uh, you know, it taught me how to be, just like the Wayne Dyer advice, it taught me how to be a better husband to my current wife. I, You know, it mm. taught me to grow up, to be more mature, to be more responsible, to be more loving. So all those things I, I owe to my ex-wife, and, you know, I, I'm a phenomenal husband because of that relationship. So that... So that became clear. Yeah. The, the the second one, the kid who beat me up when I was 11, I looked at and I thought, all right, this one's a little more, more cloudy for me. And then I thought, <laughs> Pretty much. what happened? Well, I ran, you know, I got hurt. I got punched in the nose. I ran home crying. I didn't want to go to school. I was embarrassed, you know, and everything. And I remember my mom talking to me, and she said, "You know, life's going to be like this. You're going to get punched in the nose. You know, it's going to happen a lot. You get, you know, you can run home and cry, and you know, hide in your bedroom with the covers over your head. It's not going to. Things are not going to go away. The world's going to keep on turning." And I thought about this kid, and I thought, "Well, 
I think that's what he taught me. I never ran from a fight again, you know. Uh, and and in, metaphorically in business, I never run from a fight. No matter, it could it could be the worst case scenario. I'm in it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I I I'm a bulldog. I'm so that guy really taught me a lot of lessons that carried over my personal life, carried over in my parenting, carried me over in business. Like I, you just can't run from a fight. It's just not going to happen. So what did I do with that? Well, uh, for the people I knew, I called them and I, and I, you know, expressed this, this gratitude that I had for each of them, the impact that I, that I had for each of them. And then I wrote them a letter. And, uh, you know, some of these people I hadn't seen uh, in 45 years. And I wrote them all a letter. Wow. And I, I gave them a check for between 5000 and $10,000. And I sent Amazing. it on each of them. <laughs> and so... You know, it uh, uh, when I when I sent those checks, everyone but the kid who beat me up and he got the check has cashed it. That's the only one, and everyone has responded to me with great gratitude. Now, here here's where this story has to do with the more you give, the more you get. Yeah. The the day, the day after, I sent my last letter. My secretary comes in and she goes. You know, and I sent these checks. I don't remember what the total was, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars something like that for all of them. Mm-hmm. The day after I sent my last letter and my last check to these people, my secretary comes in and goes, well, this never happened. And I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, you just got a, a, a return from the IRS that you overpaid for $78,000. <laughs> now, how often does that happen? You know, no, and, that does not happen. <laughs> yeah. Now and it was so it, you know it was it was not a lot more than what I gave but it was more than what I gave and it was the yeah. day after I wrote that last check. Some people say, oh, you know, A doesn't equal Z. I, I think it does. I I don't think yeah. that's a coincidence. I think that happened because that that was a validation of my efforts. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I know exactly what I want to do with the rest of this podcast. You're taking over this podcast, sir. That's your job now. You are. I am. Obedient. Okay. Let's yes. do it. You are obediently taking over this podcast, and you are now mentoring me and the thousands and later on millions of listeners that will listen to this over the year. I have a question. All right. I, I feel. You've friendly. been doing this good. <laughs> Appreciate you. You've been doing this thirty plus years. I, I, I believe you said the nineties. And I was just, as you were talking, looking up your assisted living facility. First off, the website is impeccable. Good job. Good job there. And I've got to ask, it's just, I have no choice. What would you tell me so I don't blow all this up and not get what I deserve? Yeah, I I think the first thing is you have to be humble. Humility, civility um, are traits that are, getting shorter and shorter supply. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with, with the way we communicate today, you know, in social media. Um, and I'm, I'm passionate about those two traits, you know, uh, I go to this, this 82 year old healer and, uh, she is, Mm. she's amazing. She's in Santa Barbara. I go visit her and and she's she's got these powers that I really can't even explain 
Yeah. And uh, she works on you, and she kind of talks to your guides and does all these things. This is, I'm getting in the woo-woo area, so I'm just preparing. No, no, I like the woo-woo okay. area. <laughs> okay. So I'm giving you a woo-woo alert here. And so she she's she's working on me, and she's doing, like, some forecasting of my future. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, you, you this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and you're going to have this kind of wealth, and this is going to happen. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, I can't believe I did this. That I've, I've been so brilliant that I've strategized, that I've worked to get this place. She goes, time out, time out, Dwayne, just, just time out. What are you talking about? And I go, well, you know, I, you know, I plotted and I planned and I strategized and I did this. And she looks at me and she goes, I just have to tell you, this has nothing to do with you. And I'm like, mm. well, I beg your pardon. I'm the CEO and I'm, you know, I'm worth this much money. I've done this. <laughs> I, you know, what, how, how can you? She goes, no, this, this has zero to do with you. You know what this is? This is the universe working through you. You are a vehicle. That's it. You are you are just a vehicle that's on this path to do this, but don't let your ego get involved in this. This has nothing yeah. to do with you. That was that was like the biggest aha moment I probably had in in a decade. Yeah. And I, 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 my advice to you is 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 to believe that that you yeah. that you are a vehicle to stay humble to not let your ego get involved. And to give back and mentor to others as much as you can, because that's that's the real currency, that's sustainability, that's your artifact, that's your living yeah. legacy. So when uh, you yeah. when you do do those things, those are things money can't buy. They just can't wow. buy it. Wow. Well, here's what I've been doing, and I'm actually not even saying it to you because I know you're picking up on it. I'm saying it to the audience. I've just been actively listening, and and I'm just kind of taking it all in. And somewhere in about seven minutes of this podcast, I kept feeling this feeling that kept saying, hey, you should be a student on this one. And I was like, well, that's that's crazy. That's, I mean, come on, Secrets of Success podcast, right? It's top rank. I mean, come on, I've got to interview this guy, right? And it kept, <laughs> saying, it kept saying, hey, hey, be a student. This is what we need to happen right now. Pay attention and then be vulnerable and then tell everybody you're about to be mentored right now on this podcast. So, I, you know, finally I, I gave in because, you know, Dwayne, takes me about two minutes to actually listen. You know, sometimes it takes me two years to listen. But I do listen eventually as I get beat up <laughs> a little bit. So instead of getting beat up this time, I just submitted it in two minutes. So let's keep down this path, right? Let's let's keep down this Dwayne mentor. Well, let me just Antonio say I'm humble. Path. I'm humbled, Antonio. I'm humbled because you you have done so many great things in life and been so so successful. I'm humbled and uh, and honored. So thank you. Oh, right. thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for for even doing it for me as well. Now it it begs me to ask another question, and I'm not even sure why I'm asking this question, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be sure why I'm asking this question when I do it. We're, ladies and gentlemen. Pulling a page out of Dwayne's book, we're, we're going in the woo-woo world now, okay? We're going in the woo-woo world. <laughs> <laughs> your staff. There's something yeah. you're doing with your staff that everyone needs to know. Something that is revolutionary, empathetic, that I can learn, that all of us can learn that you're doing between your president, your marketing director, and the lowest people 
on level one that have to go 99 levels just to get in touch with you? What is that that you're doing well, to be whatever? Yeah, there, there's going to be a few things, and I'm going to go down the list. So Please. I'll, I'll apologize in advance for not having one answer. So the first thing, the first thing that I do when I look at a business, if if you look at a business and there's a lot of things wrong with it, you can look and say, ah, I'd never get in that industry. It's 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 horrible. And you take my industry. When people think about retirement homes, assisted living, old folks' home, they think, ah, oh, geez, it's smelly. It's you yeah. know, people are dying. It's depressing. It's did it. I, I don't look at my industry like that. I look and say, first of all, what a gift that I have that people are entrusting me with their loved ones in the last two or three years of their life. What a great gift. And I get the opportunity to work around thousands of oracles that have been on this planet for many, many years and hear their wisdom and advice. And that that's a yeah. gift. But when you enter a business that doesn't have a great public perception, that that's an opportunity. So that's the first thing I would tell people. Every, everybody wants to work in the sexy industries or they're glamorous or whatever. The opportunities are less. So the first thing I did is I didn't want to run my company like any, any other company. So yeah. I, I, I said, I'm not going to hire anyone that works in, in, in senior housing. All my senior executives, my current president was the first chief marketing officer um, for Starbucks. Um, wow. he's retiring in May and the incoming president, I just, I, he just came as being the president of Starbucks America. He, he oversaw wow. hundred, 182,000 employees. So that's my current president, my head of, of, of my, my chief people officer, my head of HR and people relations was one of the heads of HR of Amazon. My head of mm. marketing was the number two person of marketing at Nordstrom's. My, uh, CFO came from the Gates Foundation. My VP wow. of sales came from Levi Strauss. So what I do is I call it the making of the quilt. The quilt mm. is the company, and each of these patches that you make come from phenomenal cultures, phenomenal companies, and so on. So we don't do things like anyone else. Okay. So that's 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 tip one is when you look at it, when you look at a business, when you look at an industry, and it's got problems. Your job is to recreate it, to rebrand it, to give it beauty. Yeah. If you if you were to walk into one of my buildings, my, my the three of the last four years, my buildings have won the number one architectural award in the in the world in the in the United States. Mm. Excuse me. And they look, people look, think of them as four seasons. In fact, I was sitting in one a couple of years ago. It was the first day it was open. A mailman came in, and he was looking down at the mail, sorting it. And he walks in, and he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, I thought this was the assisted living home." And I'm like, dude, this is the assisted living home. He's like, this looks like a Four Seasons, you know. So you have a job yeah. to re recreate your business, whatever it is, and change the public perception. So that's number one. Number two, every year for about the last 16 years, I put on a conference for a variety of people, most of my staff, about 100, 150 people called EPIC. EPIC stands for Empower People, Inspire Consciousness. Hmm. It's a self-development conference. It has nothing to do with our company, with aging, with Alzheimer's, with retirement homes, with anything. In fact, in fact, if you're caught talking about any of those things at the conference, you're fined $25 and it goes in our foundation, which is called the Potato Soup Foundation, which is a whole other story. Sweet. So the first thing I do at that conference 
is I stand up and I invite people to leave the company. And you may say, well, what what are you talking about? You invite people to leave your own company? I, I do. I do because I never want people in my company to feel like they're being held there by a paycheck. I never want to have people be prisoners in my company. And I tell them, I started this 16 years ago, I tell them, hey, look, if if during this three-day self-improvement development conference you have this epiphany that this is not the road I'm supposed to be on, as long as you don't go try to compete with me, you know, I'll do everything short of writing you a big check. I'll do everything in my power. I use my Rolodex, my, my contact, my resources to help you start this new life. And on top of that, on top of that, we'll help you. We'll celebrate you. And so the first year I did this uh, 16 years ago, four four or five of my direct reports left in six months. I thought, wow. I've got to be the stupidest CEO in the world. I haven't do this. When the last person came in and told me, I sat in my office with my head in my hands, and I'm like, I'm not going to go out there and celebrate and help this person. I'm not. I'm not. And then I'm <laughs> like, man, you got to, you got to be a man of integrity. You got to live up to your word. That's what you said you do. You got to do it, Dwayne. You got to do it. So mm. I did it. Now, since then, very, very few people have left. Some have, and and probably it was a good decision, both for them and the company. But you got to invite people to leave your company. Sometimes people just need permission. They want to be parented. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, you can leave. So that's the second thing. The third thing is we coined a phrase in our company called management by vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Management by vulnerability, what does that mean? Well, you know, when I go and I'm, I'm talking to the part-time dishwasher who may, may not have English as his first language, he's looking at me and he's like, man, you drive a nice car, you have a nice suit, you know, you, you got a nice watch going on. You, you probably fell off the air and hit the ground at, at, as a CEO when you were rich. It's my job to dispel that rumor. It's my job to talk about how I relate to that staff. It's my job. So that's the management of vulnerability. I talk about struggling with my weight. You know, I struggle with my weight, yeah. man. I've, I've been overweight since I, I, I had a Jenny Gregg Craig card coming out of my mama's womb, you know. So <laughs> all my life, I've struggled with my weight. So I talk about that. I talk about going through a bad divorce. I talk about having poor credit when I was in my 20s. I talk about all these things. And you know why? Because it helps people relate to you. Because that's yeah. real life. That's, that's how life is. And most CEOs, most CEOs will want to say, you know, I went to Harvard and, you know, I got a double major and then I got my MBA. And my wife, well, you know, Buffy over here, who is an ex-beauty queen, you know, sings in the choir, and, you know, we have two perfect children. That's not life. And so what happens is your employees end up disengaging from you and not being loyal to you because you're not real. You're just not real. You're a reality show. Yeah. And the reality is if, if we can inspire people to say, hey, man, you can be a CEO today. I know you're the dishwasher, but you can be a CEO. And here, mm. here's the next rung of the ladder for you, and here's how you do that. You can do this. You just got to believe in yourself. You can do this. So I'm no different than you. I just worked hard, and I paid attention to the rungs on the ladder. I was like, well, this is the next one. This is the next one. And you just keep climbing, man. You just keep climbing. So those, those wow. are the three tips that I would give. Yeah, those are three amazing tips. And now you've taken this. Well, you've taken me into all the way into woo world. So I'm going to keep going <laughs> because why not, right? I'm going to keep going. I'm I'm totally – 
I'm I'm weird like you. I'm, I'm, I meditate. I'm I'm real Abraham Hicks like you know. I you know I'm always vibrating at a good frequency. At least I'm trying to. And right. I'm feeling you right now on a level of awareness level. With that being said, I just I just feel like there's something that you can really say that I have no idea that you're about to say. And it's not even a question. So this is like the worst interview question of all time that I'm not asking you a question. I'm asking My you to rise that energy. Journey, I'll just say <laughs> yeah. Rise that energy you're feeling, man, and just take over. Run run for it, man. Teach us something. Well, you know, I, I feel like our 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 universe is is really in an odd place right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm not gonna whack political but just 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 in terms of energetically how it is it's uh it's in a weird place um a a year ago a year ago last september uh september of 2017 i i led a rally with a young man called ken uh wadiki and you may you may recognize ken he's he's the guy that leads the free hugs movement and um he he's a great young man and I've mentored him and we we led a a rally on Washington DC with several hundred people and I spoke from the steps where Martin Luther King gave his I have a dream speech we had about a dozen speakers uh C-SPAN covered it and broadcast it to 8 million people and our our goal was to bring civility back and you know really talk about how do we be civil to each other? You know, I, I, I'm sure there's people in your life, whether that was your parents before you were six or, you know, after, that said, man, you got to be polite. you got to have some manners. you got to be civil. We've lost that art of civility, even how to talk to each other, how to compliment each other, how to, how to have, you know, manners with each other. We've lost that. Yeah. And, um, I'm saddened by that, and, and I, yeah. I feel compelled to model that and bring it back. I don't always do it well. My wife tells me that all the time. She gives me the honey-do list, and I, she said, man, you're not doing this so well. Come on, mister, shape up. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have to look how to treat each other better. And and this gets back to the to the whiner-complainer attitude. We complain about what's going on in our society, or we can affect mm-hmm. our society. We can say, hey, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to do tomorrow? I, I may, you know, I may go buy four cups of coffee and hand them out to the people in line. I may, yeah. my neighbor may be on vacation. I may go mow his lawn and just say, hey, I wanted to do this for you. But we have, we, 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 we have this innate responsibility to do something for our fellow man that makes life. Yeah. That's, that's the way you turn around this bad energy. Is that you know? Mm. I, I always believe good trumps evil. Always. So if, yeah. if we do more of these great things for each other, and that you know the people that are listening to us right now, the one thing that I would challenge them to do, I would challenge them to go out and do something phenomenal for people. I, I, I know you've read this, and my my PR people probably talk to you. I, I love to give these phenomenal tips, right? Yeah, and I do. So, I, I I don't mean I don't mean tips and words I mean on on the on my bill check right tips. So I <laughs> I, I I have become uh, infamous if you will for leaving t- 
tips of like $40 bills of like $3,000. And I, I realize everyone can't do that, but I've done that several times. A couple of times it's been posted in the media. Many times it's very indiscreet. In fact, the first time I did it, it got 1 billion views uh, from wow. doing it. And that's not the reason I did it. I did it discreetly. No. Um, but my point in telling that story is you can do some rum, random act of kindness. In fact, three weeks ago, my wife and I were in Rome, and we had a private audience with the Pope. And that was, that was the wow. discussion about how we – how we go about delivering random acts of kindness for people because that's the juice, man. That's the juice that changes everybody's mood. Just think about it, Antonio. Just think about it. You're sitting in your studio. You're doing this podcast, and all of a sudden, someone writes you a note and goes, hey, I just wanted to let you know you changed my life. And then an hour later, an hour later says, hey, I, I know you like this kind of latte. I had it special made for you, and I delivered it to you. And then an hour later, somebody said, you know what? I just pick some flowers and I put them on your porch because you 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 really motivate wow. me. So you know you do these things. If we did, if we got this kind of juice from other people, we would be better people ourselves. But we got to make this circular. We got to we got to we got to promote this out there, and, and do these kind of ra- little random acts of kindness, and wow. and take away the anxiety, the frustration, the anger that we all have, and just chill, man. Be be kind to each other. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, I've got to, I'm going to, I'm going to match that energy. And actually, I'm, and I'm in, I'm being inspired. Like, I'm not even, you know, trying to one up or something. You're, you're, you're affecting me in a positive way, right? You have two forms, well, many forms of power, but two most commonly power to change something and then power over people, right? Which is normally damaging. So your power to is changing me. I'm thinking this here because as you were talking, I'm like, hey, well, maybe I could do something phenomenal for somebody, and what would it be? And I thought money, and I'm like, well, that would work, but what could I do out there in Seattle? And I said, well, I don't know, but I bet you he knows. Huh, I got this idea. <laughs> <laughs> got this idea twirling in my head. I'm thinking that I could do something phenomenal to one of your people, that works for you on the lower level, right? Actually, no, let me not even do that. Someone that you feel drawn to that really needs a shot or help or something. I would love mm. to have them on this podcast, which would totally expose them to a whole lot of people. And I have, oh, man, I have so many courses on ATSBU.org that, Basically, I want to give them about fifty thousand dollars in courses at wow. no charge. At wow. no charge. Yes. Wow. Yes. Lifetime membership never expire. I want to give them all of that. Plus, wow. Bring them on this podcast, and you get to decide who. Wow. Well, that first of all, that's incredibly generous. So I can't. Well, thank I can't you. thank you enough. And then I'm 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 going to have to put my thinking cap on and really think. Who deserves this? Because yeah. I, I want it to be, uh, I want it to be special. I want it to be yeah, really definitely. special. And I vow that, like like you, anybody else, we we have a nice marketing budget. And I vow that their podcast is going to have a significant chunk of that marketing budget pushing that podcast, so as wow. many people around the globe can hear their story or whatever it is. 
that the universe leads you to do with this person, and we're going to do that. And that's because you just challenged me to do something phenomenal for someone. That's that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate you. No, and thank I, you. I, I, I will get back to you with a name, I promise. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just added you on LinkedIn, so you can put it there or, you know, we can so whatever, however you want to get in contact, we we can do that. But I just, I had no choice. I was like, man, I'm just totally, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad that I've learned to allow moments to happen instead of yeah. always trying to control them, right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just glad and, that I got that far. Go ahead. And, and, you know, I think, you know, just to your listeners, with people that say, well, you know, I, I don't have the kind of resources that you do, Dwayne, or that you do, Antonio, or whatever, just start small. You know, if, if yeah. you're in the if you're in the coffee shop line, and you turn around and tell someone, "Boy, you really look nice today," that that that's enough, man. That's enough. Yeah. Or I I like your coat, or you know, geez, you have a nice smile. That's enough. That's enough juice to set someone in the right direction. Yeah. You know, definitely. It's it's it, it, it sometimes it just it just takes a little bit. A little bit. Can I, can I tell you another story? Please, please, man. So, I about God, I don't even remember how long ago this was. It, it's probably seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, I, I love cars, okay, and I love sports Ooh. cars. I I have since I was Sweet. five years old. So I'm driving a sports car, a very nice sports car, um, and uh, it was on a Saturday. And I was going to go grab something out of my office. And, you know, not a lot of people are in my office. I pull in my office and this guy's following me. And I'm like, uh, it makes me a little nervous here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, you know, it's it's a high-end car. And the guy follows me and he, he gets out of the car and he, he doesn't look very nice. And he's, he's kind of rugged looking and not dressed very well. And so I'm, I, all my judgments are coming to my forefront, right? Yeah. Yep. And I'm thinking, this this is not going to turn out well. And he's like, he says, I love your car. He says, um, and he's kind of he's kind of emotional. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's not stable. And he's like, I love your car. This is my dream car. This is the car I've always wanted to have my whole life. Wow. And I thought, huh, okay, that's good, cool. And, so you know, yeah. I, 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 not a serial killer just yet. Yeah, and so you know, he lightens up and he starts laughing, and, and I go, well, "Why don't you sit in it?" You know, and he gets in the car. He's like, "Are you kidding?" I go, "No, sit in it. Get behind the wheel. See how it feels." And he gets in there, and uh, so we start talking, and this goes on for maybe forty-five minutes about wow. my story, how I grew up. You know, the fact that I grew up poor and, you know, he starts telling me a little about his life. I mean, man, you can do this. You can, you can have this car someday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is going on and on and on. And uh, so he's, he's sitting in the car for like 30 minutes talking to me and we're having this great conversation with him, and I'm feeling like I'm affecting this guy's life. Right. And he starts mm-hmm. to tell me about what, how his life has all gone wrong, how he got a divorce, he lost his job had health problems, his kids don't talk to me anymore, all this stuff. And he's at the lowest blow. Wow. And I'm like, 
okay, man, this guy's really opening up. I really feel honored he's being vulnerable to me. And he goes, and you know what, Mr. Clark, you know where I was going? I'm like, no, I have no idea where you're going. He said, I was going, I was going off and I was going to commit suicide. Wow. What? What? And he said, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, I, I had it all planned. I was going to put this hose in my car and go out in this, you know, out in the country here. And he said, I saw your car. Mm. I saw, I saw this car, and I said, oh, God, that's my dream car. You know, before I do this to myself. I want to I want to I want to see if I can at least talk to this guy about this car. Wow. And so, you know, so you know, I'm like, should I call the crisis hotline? Are you okay? Are you not going to do this, you know? And he only gave me his first name. Um mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, "Why don't you come in, you know, come in the office, let's sit down, talk some more." We actually ended up talking probably close to 2 hours. Amazing. And uh you know, I, I, he, he actually came around and he said, I'm good. I'm good. I know, I know that's not what I'm supposed to do now. I feel motivated that, you know, I have a different life that I, that, you know, I, I can, I, I can move on. He said, you know, yeah. and, it, and it took that, it took that car to, and the stories that we've told to make me yeah. realize I can get out of this hole. You know, that was, that was really incredible for me that and and that that's what i'm saying about this juice sometimes you never know how you can affect someone and yeah. and, and and t- you know now i could have said hey don't bother me you know go on beat it you know whatever but the fact that we that you know you shared that vulnerability with each other and you had that exchange yeah. with each other and you shared your vulnerabilities i talked to him about growing up or you know one of one of my favorite stories is my my mom came home from work one day we didn't have enough money to eat and she said well I'm going to have to steal some potatoes from 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 work and she actually you know we we went and did this big heist at four in the morning and she never stolen anything in the world she was a really proper woman but we we ate potato soup for two weeks and I told this guy that story. Um, I told him, you know, hey, I had to eat potato soup for two weeks, and you know, now I have a foundation called the Potato Soup Foundation, and mm. you know, that that inspired me to not not want anyone to ever go hungry again, and you know, you, I could see the emotion in this guy tearing up and so on. So, you never know, you never know how you're going to touch someone's life in such a profound way. No, you don't know. Wow. Okay. I don't even know what to do with all that. That was intense. <laughs> so we'll do one more. We'll, we'll do one more. And I've done such a, I've done such a terrible job promoting your companies, and such a fantastic job letting you promote the goodness of the universe. <laughs> so I think yeah, we'll watch it out. That's what it's right all there. about, we'll, man. Yeah, I know, right? We'll put it in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, how you can see what he has. I have two more questions. One is lesser than the other, so I asked the big one first. And I apologize in advance because it's a tough question. And I shouldn't ask it to you because it puts you on the spot, but your awareness can totally handle it and your motives are correct. So I can ask you this question. There are many people that I talk to every day, and I'm one of them, they're struggling now. And it's not, it's a, they're struggling with their spirituality versus what's going on 
in the world today. And it's not just America. It's, it's everywhere. And it's becoming difficult. It's becoming difficult to go to church and also see what your Congress or Congress equivalent is also doing and claiming what your church, religion, mosque is all about. And my question to you is, how would you help someone in this major conflict between knowing that there's this systematic oppression out there for people of color and for just people with jobs, period, it doesn't matter what color you are, debt, slavery, all sorts of stuff, versus, okay, but I know I can do every single thing Dwayne said, but I'm struggling. Is it all worth it? Should I do it at all or not? What would you tell someone like me, someone like them? Let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think, I think first of all, if you're going to be a functioning, productive member of society, the first thing you have to ask yourself is what is my responsibility to mm. be in the kind of society that I want to be? You know, I have a, I have a friend who eats like crap, is out of shape, uh, doesn't take care of himself, and he wants to date supermodels. And I'm like, well, (laughs) here's the thing that's wrong with that problem, buddy, is like, what are you willing to do to get what you want to have? Yeah. And that's what I would tell your listeners. What do, what do, what are you willing to do to get what you want to have? If you want to have a spiritually rich life. If you want to have a, a life that's positive and motivating, then you got to do something for yourself, whatever that recipe is for yourself. If that's going to church or synagogue or mosque or whatever it is, that's your responsibility. That, you, you have to be the change. You, you can't, you know, oftentimes we we sit in our in our recliners and look at the TV and go, scream at it and throw things at it and say, God, I wish those guys would change. Well, that change starts with you. You have to be the change. If you yeah. want a fulfilling spiritual life, you you better get up and think about, hey, pull your boots on and say, what am I going to do today to, for me? Because there will always be bad in the world. There will always be people you disagree with. There will always be things mm-hmm. on the TV you want to throw at. But all, you can control you. And so, you know, seek the advancement, whether that's reading things that motivate you and grow you and inspire you or listening to podcasts like this. You have to be the change. And then you can't, you can't always control the things outside of you, but you can control right. you. So that, that's where it starts. It starts with you. And, you know, I, every morning I try to read something or watch something that inspires me and it's something that makes me laugh. And the reason that I do that is because laughing triggers your immune system, right? Yeah. And, you know, so I can I can go watch uh, a murder mystery, but that's not going to help me much. You know, it may be entertaining at some level, but right. I try to laugh every morning and I try to be motivated every morning. And that inspires me to get out of bed and go do good in the world because that's, that's my basis in the morning, right? So right. you know we we don't always have we don't always have those kinds of things, and so if you're putting bad things in your brain every morning, that's that's kind of how your day's going to go. 
you know. So, yeah. so be careful about how you program your thoughts and your brain first thing of the day. Wow, amazing. Well, thank you very much. I do have one question. And when I said lesser, I didn't mean as in lower value. It's just a question about yourself, and I can tell you're not about yourself. Although you take care of yourself, you're about giving yourself to the world. So my last question, and I can't help it, I feel the energy drawn to this. My mother, my son, what's the publication you have? Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I love to write. So one of the books I wrote was it was autobiographical in nature. It was uh My Mother, My Son, this book that uh was really about my growing up poor, um and and really, you know, trying to figure out what my life was about. But my mom always wanted us to have money. She was you know, because she was in poor, she she had the American dream for people. And, you know, she was an immigrant and so she 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 said, Hey, you know, I want you to study, I want you to do well. And the irony in this book details uh, you know, I got in this in this industry of senior housing thirty three, thirty four years ago and, you know, rose to a, a a really you know, unique level in terms of the pinnacle of success. And my mother became a customer of mine. She be, she got Alzheimer's. So there's this mm-hmm. ironic twist of fate about, uh, you know, my mom's well, kind of the American dream story of success, but then my mother being a consequence of what I do. And that that's, that's really affected me and how I look at our residents and how I more have more sensitivity to our customers and so on. And so yeah. the book, the book sold on Amazon called My Mother, My Son. It's done really well. Um, and it, Hollywood's commissioned it to make it into a to big screen movie. So, um, Look at that. so yeah. That's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Yeah. That is a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of everything you've done. You are, your energy is infectious. One, one last word from you something motivational or and transformation that you can tell to our listeners. The only thing I ask is I want you to think about the 15-year-old you that had, you know, girls in cars and alternating from cars and girls to girls in cars. Yeah. Talk to yeah. that guy. Yeah, talk to that guy or girl that really needs to hear how 15-year-old you and 60-year-old you are not the same. Yeah. Well, you never stop believing in yourself. That's the thing. You just you you just got to believe in yourself. And you know, even as a chairman and CEO of a major company, it it's lonely. It can be very lonely. And you can have doubters and people that throw stones and everything else. And I would just tell that 15-year-old self, uh, you know, life is rough. You're going to get a lot of it's going to come to you at big waves and big waves. But you'll get through them. You know, you got to persevere. You you got to just put your head down and go through them, and you got to wait for the calmer waters. And if you do that, if you if you're passionate and you persevere, and you believe in yourself, you never give up on yourself. You you're your own best cheerleader. Life will be really fulfilling in every way. But you you can't stop believing in yourself, and you can't stop cheering yourself on. And that not in an egocentric way but in a way that motivates you to be better every day. And that, that, that takes work. It takes study. It takes, you know, curiosity. But if you do that, 
you'll do really well in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first from Dwayne J. Clark. He is the CEO founder of Agents Living Facility, but that is the last thing he would want me to tell you. He is a consciousness living a human life and doing a damn good job at it. I appreciate you for being here, man. Appreciate I appreciate all of you, you, Antonio. <laughs> yeah. Be great yeah. today. Be great today, buddy. That's it. That's it. Be great, everybody. You can plant better. You can dominate. You want to be a speaker, trainer, a coach? I've got you. Antonio T. Smith Jr. is my name. You've probably heard of me. That's probably why you're here. I've been featured on Forbes, awarded Top 101 Global Developmental and Training Minds on Goldcast. It's just a wonderful ride for me, but I got here by speaking. Now, at this point in my legacy, I'm not interested in how much money I make more about how I make my money. Therefore, I am taking select people, people with stories, people with intensity, people who want to value personal development over money. This sounds like you. If your blood is boiling right now, then I may be speaking to you. If you have that story that you know would change the world, if you change somebody and now you're addicted to it and you want to do it more. If you want to speak in front of 10,000 people, or maybe you just want to be famous, get your name out there and change the world. However it may be, however it happens, Bureau of Dominant Speakers is for you. It's intense. I won't lie to you. I'm a very intense person. It's very affordable. Look in the show, no, show notes. You'll see Bureau of Dominant Speakers. Click that link. And hey, let's dominate. Because you can do it. And this is your moment. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training and I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well, 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training and I couldn't find someone, not one person for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to but if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. 
And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out uh, review and rate candidates four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter it is a blessing and no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about, well, you go to ziprecruiter.com slash B2B, all spelled the regular way. That's zip, Z-I-P, recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.